Ever notice that things are going really well on paper, but something just doesn't feel right? When the going gets tough, especially when it comes to money, entrepreneurs tend to make it easier on themselves by justifying decisions through the magic that we call math. We can rework numbers to make ourselves feel good when profits seem higher, or we convince ourselves that things will be a-okay because projections don't lie. They don't lie, right? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, we're going to hear from a guest who's gone through trying to build a business based on assumptions. So many assumptions. Oh my God. You know what happens when you assume, right? It's time for a big business blunder. Meet Diane Mocha. She's the founder of MomSub, an app and a site that's a community of moms helping moms to reduce their stress, guilt, and self-criticism and increase their calm, confidence, and clarity through childcare opportunities and family events. Doesn't that just sound delicious to you? She's a serial entrepreneur. She's got a lot of businesses going on. And her first business was in real estate. She's the optimistic type who dives deep when she first learns about how to do things. And boy, did she dive real deep on this one. One of the biggest blunders I made was to think that money on paper is the same as money that you'll really earn. So at the beginning of my real estate journey, I started learning how to buy properties with no money down. I never was one who liked to shop, but all of a sudden I found something I actually liked to buy, real estate, because it was great, because I could buy it with no money. People think it's a scam. It's really not. You can really buy real estate with what they call OPM, other people's money. And in the years 2006 and 2007, it was really easy to do that because there were a lot of other people that were willing to give you money, like banks. All you had to have was a pulse. That's right. It was pretty easy to get loans back then. So I started buying lots of properties when I figured out these little strategies because I was in a financial bind and thought this would help my family because all of the courses and workshops and events that I went to convinced me that this was the right way to go. So I went from having one little rental property in 2003 to all of a sudden in 2006 and 2007, I bought nine of them. And one in particular I was so excited about because it was everything that the mentors said that you should be looking for. It was appraised at $230,000 and we were buying it for 160. It was actually two properties, a four bedroom, a four unit apartment building and a single family home. Normally, these two properties would be on two separate pins. And at the time of the closing, we had to separate them into two separate pins. And they actually had shared well and sewer that we got the seller to pay to separate. All kinds of wonderful things that all of the mentors say you should do. And on paper, the appraisal said that we would make $650 per month for these apartments. And that seems pretty reasonable, right? That's uh, $2,600 
for the entire building. And our mortgage payment was only going to be $1,400. Finally, I was going to have an extra $1,000 or more a month to help pay our bills. What a relief on paper. But the reality was that this particular apartment building was in a very challenging part of town. The east side of Joliet, which is difficult to find tenants, especially good tenants. Unfortunately, people are very concerned about living in a neighborhood where there's blight and um, they don't feel safe. I, on the other hand, thought I don't want to prejudge the people in the area. And I wasn't really thinking of the number one real estate um, lesson, which is location, location, location. And I didn't know a lot back then about really screening tenants who were going into apartments. These were much more transient people. They were all on the verge of homelessness. They were one paycheck away from homelessness. And that basically meant that they were all one broken down car away from causing a nightmare in my life. You live and you learn. So many of us, myself included, talk about learning things on the fly. Entrepreneurs amass lots of tips and tricks and advice from mentors, and then we whittle it all down into an understanding for ourselves. But there are holes like these that we fall into. Some holes are just a lot bigger than other holes. Sometimes these holes are also there, but we don't see them for a really long time. I'm talking weeks or sometimes years. After five years, I finally realized that that building was never going to make $2,600 a month. It never, ever made money. I don't think there was a single month in the years we owned it where all four tenants paid their rent on time. Five years. That's a lot of time spent waiting for things to get good. You know what I mean? Those pep talks you give yourself or the avoidance that we do to make the bad disappear and the good placed just beyond an invisible horizon. We're pretty practiced at it, and it's a helpful tool in a lot of situations. But if the reality of the situation and the gravity of the situation hits us way, way after the time that in hindsight we wished it did, well, these are the reasons we talk about it and pass along those do-nots to fellow entrepreneurs. So the blunder that I made was in believing the numbers on paper, believing everything that the gurus told me about what, you know, buying low and, and collecting rents and screening. I did everything. I followed all the rules. You can really follow all the rules and still fail. And this was one of the lessons that was very hard for me to come by. And my real estate mentor taught me that you have to know when to to quit a loser. I don't like to quit. I'm one of those persistent people that digs in and never gives up. I gave up. I gave up on that property. Well, after the market crash, <laughs> I pretty much had to because the $230,000 appraisal, well, after the market crashed, that building was worth about $70,000. Yikes! So many gems that bear repeating. As Diane says, you can really follow all of the rules and still fail. Yes, you can. That's why, no matter what mentor or guru or guide or coach or consultant or expert or leader or professional or experienced person you listen to, there's that grain of salt you always have to remember to add to the mix. It's tiny, but it's important. 
And how hard is it to walk away from something you've tried and tried and tried to make happen? So hard. We all know it. But no one feels it as hard as the person walking away. We all feel you on this one, Diane. So what happened in the end? Thankfully, I got the mortgage company to agree to take a deed in lieu because I was not going to sell and have to come to the closing table with money. But I never made money on it. And I didn't quit my real estate endeavors, even though they are very challenging and I still make lots of mistakes every day. But I certainly learned that no matter how good the numbers look on paper, they might not ever become reality. If you're trying to convince yourself that your numbers look great on paper, so you should continue to forge ahead, here's hoping that Diane's big business blunder will help you understand just how far you can take things and why you shouldn't. You don't call, you don't write, do both. Call or text me at 708-872-7878 or go to jillsalsman.com slash podcast. You can record a message there so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. It helps other listeners discover these entrepreneurial stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. You can find Diane's business at momsub.com. That's M-O-M-S-U-B.com or in an app store near you. And hey, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.